We were talking about this legal dispute between Jack Daniels and Bad Spaniels, the dog toy. Uh, Jack Daniels, you know what Jack Daniels is, and it's made its way all the way to the Supreme Court. Several texts, including one that says, well, we're still allowed to have a sense of humor. Uh, You can get pup light and white paw at the posh pet spa in Roselle. Several other texts just saying, it's silly this thing has gone to the Supreme Court. I think those judges have better things to do. But I will tell you, Illinois Senator Linda Holmes has, I hope, nothing better to do other than to talk to us on WGN. Hello, Senator. Hello, and I am always to talk, always so happy to talk to you about animal issues. You're such a champion for all of our little furry friends. <laughs> well, as are you. And thank you very much. Uh, There's a lot to talk about. And one thing is a bill that could save all of us money, whether you care about animals or not, uh, because a lot of money is being spent that doesn't need to be spent. Let me back up some steps. So right now you can do the right thing. You can adopt a dog from an animal shelter. And lo and behold, you find out maybe years later, that that presumed breed, presumed breed because they don't always get that right, uh, is going to be not covered just because of what that dog is profiled to be. And you would agree that that is not, not a good thing, correct? Absolutely. And quite honestly, you don't even know what the breed is unless you do some genetic testing. So. Right, right. So... Uh, many of the insurance companies, and the odd thing about this is, so uh, this is for renters, uh, homeowners, or condo insurance, where the dog is covered. Whether someone trips over your dog, your dog bites someone, anything happens that involves the dog that happens to be on your property. However, the problem with what these insurance companies are saying is that they're going to charge more money, or very often they don't allow a dog that looks like a Pitbull, and as you point out, what is that? It's probably a mixed breed dog. It nearly always is if you do the genetic testing. Uh, a Doberman, an Akita, whatever, whatever the breed is. And the, the weird thing about it, first of all, aren't insurance companies supposed to live and die by actuarial numbers? And as far <laughs> as I know, there are no numbers on this one way or the other. Is that right? That's absolutely right. And we have tried to pass this bill to say that insurance companies could not do this. They certainly can't um, really be prejudiced against certain breeds of dogs. And we got nowhere with it. We have such pushback from the insurance companies. And then I was working with one of our lobbyists with State Farm, which, by the way, was not one of the companies that did this. But they said, well, maybe if you change this and make it into a data collection to find out how much information there is out there from the insurance companies and how often this happens. So that's what we had passed, I had passed a couple years ago. Yes. And even before the results of that came in, by the way, the insurance companies found it a real pain to do it and weren't really liking the data they got in. So this year it became a very simple bill the past. It passed in the House. I've got it right now in the Senate. And it basically protects homeowners from not having their insurance rates jacked up because they have a certain breed of dog. Well, what I'm curious about the data that you mentioned. Um, 
Tell me about what was found, what was discovered. Uh, did certain breeds, in fact, were certain breeds responsible for most bites? My guess is that the more popular breeds, if there are more of them, that yes, to some extent they may be more responsible for issues, but that's probably right. about all. I don't know where this eventually came out, but in doing some historical research, there was a time when the dogs most asked to bite people was the Labrador Retriever. <laughs> yeah, which is, in fact, the most popular dog breeder was. The French Bulldog yeah. just took over number one. But for 31 years, the Lab was the number one dog in Chicago. So, no, in the United States, including Chicago. Right. So that doesn't at all surprise me. The other interesting thing about this is, and you have to explain to me how this can even be possible, that if I travel with a, uh, let's say, a Doberman, uh, and my insurance carrier happily covers Dobermans in Chicago or in Illinois, and I travel to Indiana, same insurance carrier does now suddenly not cover Dobermans. So how can a dog be dangerous in one state and not another state? And I know the legal part of it is insurance companies are state by state in making their decisions. But a, a dog breed is going to be, if a dog truly is dangerous in one state, just because it crosses state lines, it's not, how is it not dangerous or, or become dangerous in that other state? Well, and that absolutely makes no sense at all. I mean, the one thing that I will say, too, that this legislation that we passed does is it does have um, that insurance company can still cancel or refuse to insure from a dog that has been deemed to be vicious or dangerous. And that definition is under the Animal Control Act. And so then they actually do have that ability. If the dog is a proven biter. I can understand them refusing to insure. Yes. And and it doesn't but, but what you're saying is breed should not matter. The other thing that is is happening is that and it began to happen hugely, happily, throughout the pandemic. So at the very beginning of the pandemic, animal shelters had no idea if personnel could come in to feed the dogs, walk the dogs, uh, care for the dogs in any way. So they begged for adoptions and fosters. And this happened all over the world, and it happened all over the country. It happened in Chicago and the Chicago area. And people stepped up. I mean, the shelters were cleared. It was amazing. So now you might have gone home with a, I don't know, an Australian shepherd. Seemingly, why would any company ban an Australian shepherd? Well, there actually are a couple out there that have or at least charge more for Aussies. It's crazy. But nevertheless, that is the case. But when you adopt that dog, you have no idea. So you just bring home that dog. Most people don't check with their insurance carrier. They just adopt the dog. They've done a wonderful thing. And then if something happens months or years later, that insurance carrier, currently anyway, can now say, well, that breed's on our list. And you're saying there can be no list. Right. And again, and it all comes back from, to me, the biggest factor is that we don't know. When we started carrying this legislation, I had help from the Humane Society. I I had help with Leedy Van Cabbage of Best Friends. She's an attorney with Best Friends. And she literally showed me this, the 
picture, and it shows all these dog breeds uh, by picture, and it says, pick out which ones are the pit bull mixes. So I went through, being a shelter, a past shelter volunteer, I picked the ones that looked like, by the way, the pit bull is a terrier, that looked like terriers. And it was amazing how many I was wrong on. Some of these cute little things that looked like some some poodle breed or something actually ended up having pit bull in them and ones that looked like pit bulls that had no pit bull genes in them. Yes. So it turns out we now understand that what a dog looks like may fool all of us and may not be what you think that dog is in general. Secondly, dogs with these blocky heads that you look at at animal shelters, and they are, by the way, I said the French Bulldog is the most popular breed in America. It probably is a dog that you'd look at and say, oh, that's a pit bull. Those are, in fact, the most popular. And you look at that dog and call it a pit bull, but the overwhelming, and I'm talking like 90, 90, 99% of these dogs are, in fact, merely mixed breed dogs. I mean, we know that now. You know, so when I first began talking about it, it was a good guess. But today we do genetic testing and studies have been done to determine exactly what you said, Senator, is true. Yes, and I would say, really, I wonder how much trouble people are going to have getting insurance. Unfortunately, those um, French bulldogs are a serious risk of being stolen from you. True. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a very good point, actually. That, that is absolutely true. So when Lady Gaga, remember that story? She, she yeah. had those dogs kidnapped, and they were French bulldogs, and it seems to be a thing to do now. Uh, We could have a whole different discussion about crime. I think it's a crime that pet stores continue to sell dogs and cats, even though the whole notion has been banned. We'll talk about that when we come back. First, Senator, I have one more question. We're talking about House Bill 1049, to be clear. Should people, if they agree with what what we're saying, uh, should they write their state senator and say, we agree that there should be no distinction based on breeds as to whether you can get homeowners, renters, or condo insurance, uh, or that you might charge more just because I have a certain breed. Well, and I will say the public did a wonderful job because before I brought this bill to committee, which it passed out of committee, people had filed witness slips, which is what they filed before we have committee hearings, Mm -hmm. and there were 88 witness slips that were mainly not so much from groups as they were a lot from individual people who were supporting this bill. Yeah, so what can people do now to support it? I mean, you certainly can reach out to your state senator, because you don't need to reach out to your reps that already passed in the House. But you can certainly reach out to your state senator and say you would love to have a, a yes vote when this comes to the floor. All right, we'll talk about pet stores. It's a hot topic again. Unbelievable! We'll explain what is so unbelievable. (laughs) Illinois State Senator Linda Holmes. Senator, so our mutual friend Mark Ayers likes it when I say this. No responsible breeder ever, ever, ever sells to a pet store. That is one reason why, and there are others, why purchasing a dog or a cat at a pet store is not a good idea. Can you talk further about that? 
Oh, unfortunately, um, and I totally agree with Mark and appreciate his help over the years on all kinds of animal welfare-related issues, we had passed a bill that was stopping pet stores from selling dogs that they obtained from puppy mills, large breeding facilities that often are not very humane. Um, and we passed that bill. It was quite a success. We had been trying to do it for a number of years. And we found that most pet stores did stop selling dogs obtained through the puppy mills, except there was one particular store that decided they were going to get around this law, and they figured they would do it by classifying themselves not as a pet store, but as a dog dealer. Which, so. I and actually I think a few pet stores, in truth, have tried to, and are, are still selling dogs, and in some cases cats, at pet stores, even though you led the charge with others uh, at passing that law as Illinois became the sixth state to say no dogs, no cats can be sold to pet stores. But you've got these pet stores getting around the law in some weird way. Uh, Is it a legal workaround? Is it even acceptable that they're selling these animals? And let me ask two questions at once here, Uh, because then they sell the animal, which I wonder how legal that can be. And then they often put people on a what do you call it when you pay over time? They put it on a payment plan. That's, I think. And they put them and on. installment loan. Okay, right. And the interest rates are out of this world, crazier than if you purchased a car, a washing machine, or anything else. I mean, they're just. And there's another law in Illinois. You can't do that. But they're do, to my knowledge, they're doing that anyway as well. Yes, they are. And the unfortunate thing is, is we worked with the Department of Ag, who, who oversees this closing of the, the pet shop. And by the way, we were not closing pet stores. I'm, and yet they were arguing that we were putting them out of business. And I said, well, please take a look at PetSmart, who does not sell animals obtained from puppy mills. Mm-hmm. And they are in no danger of going out of business anytime soon. Correct. But and by there's... calling themselves a dog dealer, they're trying to skirt the law. So we went in there and we pa- I passed a bill. It was Senate Bill 1230 to stop that from happening. This bill then goes over to the House. Now, the House sponsor has been unable to call it because the House member who oversees their Consumer Protection Committee is refusing to call the bill. What? So I, well, and I, they're hearing they're hearing from the pet store, which is saying, "Oh my gosh, they're targeting us. Are we targeting you more so than the other pet stores? Because most of those pet stores, there's a few exceptions, complied with the law. Your came up with a way to skirt the law. So yes, at this point, I'm targeting you to stop you from avoiding." avoiding both the law and getting around it and saying, I'm still going to get my animals from these puppy mills out in Ohio, which I cannot regulate. They keep saying, well, regulate the, the breeders. I can't regulate anything in Ohio. Well, or even necessarily other parts of Illinois, because here's what happens. Uh, even if they're dogs that are from our own state, from Illinois, they go through. So there's the pet store over there. 
and then they get the dog through a broker, and then that broker gets the dog or dogs through another broker, then through another broker. And if you walk into the pet store and you say, well, I want to follow that bouncing ball exactly where these animals came from, that is actually impossible, even if they do know, and they themselves may not unbelievably know the truth, uh, they're not going to tell you. And the other thing is that there's no way, no way, no way that you can visit where that animal came from. So even if it's down the road somewhere in Illinois, you're not going to be able to see or get genetic testing that's necessary for specific breeds, for example. They're not going to have any of that stuff. So how then... It's clear that they're getting around the law. It's a little loophole. They found it. I guess clever they are to do that. But it's clear what the intent of the law is. Are they still able then? We just need to rewrite a whole law to close that loophole. That's the only way to stop them. Well, what we did was we we wrote, I mean, it's literally just a few sentences in the the law that went and and said that you could not a dog dealer could not be selling animals out of a brick-and-mortar store. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, we, we've closed that yes. loophole. But, again, we won't have officially closed it until I can get it passed in the House and signed by the governor. Now, do I anticipate any problems with having it signed by the governor? No. Our governor happens to be a dog lover. So we're good there. I just can't... I, I'm, I'm very concerned if we're going to get it passed through the House, especially since the chairman, chairwoman of their Consumer Protection Committee, which is where it was assigned, is refusing to even allow the bill to be heard. It's, to me, that's the part about politics I don't like. If, if she allowed the bill to be heard and if it was voted down, that's one thing. But to say, I'm going to sit on this thing and... No one can even yeah. hear it. That's wrong, you know. I do have several texts here saying that they've driven by and they name the names of various pet stores that still sell puppies, including one in Indiana. Well, we're, uh, Indiana doesn't have this law. I wish they did. Uh, right. We're talking about Illinois, which was the sixth state to ban the sales of dogs and cats at pet stores. And then a handful of pet stores have found their way around the law. Is, so what can people do about this? Can they contact their uh, representative? And should they contact, you haven't named the representative who's in charge of this committee, who's sitting on the bill. Should people drive that person crazy? I think they sure, certainly should make their wishes heard, because I agree with you. The bill deserves to be heard. And I will tell you that one of, the, one of these pet stores has hired numerous lobbyists, so I've never seen so many lobbyists in Springfield all lobbying for one company to stop a bill, an animal bill from being called. Um, And that's part of the problem, too, is this company obviously has made so much money off of these poor animals and their tactics of financing them that they can afford to spend millions hiring lobbyists to work against this bill, closing a loophole. And the financing part isn't supposed to happen anymore, and it's still happening. So I don't, I don't quite understand how you guys can pass a law and people can ignore it or work around it. But nevertheless, who should people contact? 
I would definitely reach out and contact the chairperson of the House Committee on um, Consumer Protection. Do you know who that is? Uh, do I? Yes. I didn't know if I was allowed oh, yeah, to, sure. to yes. mention that. Absolutely. Here. Yes. We're just saying reach out okay. to someone. We're not saying bad things. No, of course. Okay. It is It is um, Representative Debbie Myers-Martin. Okay. Representative Debbie Myers-Martin. Myers Where does she represent? Is that downstate? I'm not sure. I can. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I don't know either, but I, I'd be willing to bet somehow that's the case. And as you point out, there are all these lobbyists involved, so that is interesting in of itself. I think it makes a point. The other point is that all right, they're selling these dogs. They they argue. Okay, we're doing it legally, even though the intent of the law is clear, and they're working around the law. Okay. How can they sell them on time when their outrageous finance policies have been banned as well? How does that happen? Do you know? I don't know. I am certainly working. We continue to work on stopping that practice. All right. Well, uh, Representative Linda Holmes, thank you for everything. No, I, I got that wrong. State Senator Linda Holmes, sorry. I hope that's not a demotion in any way. Thank you very much. I do appreciate everything you continue to do uh, for animals and otherwise, and we will follow up with this story. And I'm going to just add one thing. The representative does have a district office in Matson, Illinois. Okay. Very good. That's helpful. Thank you so much, Senator. Thank you, as always, for being being a voice for our... uh, domesticated furry friends.